This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. You're listening to Post to Post on WCWPSports.org. And hello and welcome to the first ever show of Post to Post here on WCWPSports.org. My name's Nick Matina. I will be your host for this show, and I'll be joined alongside two and sometimes three of our members here at the station. First, we'll switch it over to Anthony Cabaretta. Anthony, how are you doing today? Pretty good, Nick. I'm really happy to be here, and this should be a lot of fun. So uh, tell us a little about yourself, Anthony. I'm a freshman here at LAU Post. Um, I'm a huge Rangers fan. Won't come to play here, but um, no, and I enjoyed hockey, and this is going to be great. All right, joined alongside you is another fan of a team in the Metro Division, Jason Glickman, Devils fan. Talk about yourself a little bit. Thanks, Nick. I'm also a freshman broadcasting major, and I, as you said, I am a massive Devils fan. Happy that my boys won last night. All right, and uh, we will sometimes have Ryan Kraut on this show also. He's an Islander fan. He's that other Metropolitan fan that we don't like to talk about as much, but he's (laughs) not here tonight. A little bit about myself also. I'm a huge New York Ranger fan also, but I love the sport of hockey as a whole. So, First ever show here on Post to Post, if you're just joining in. My name is Nick Matina, and I'm joined by Anthony Cavaretta and Jason Glickman. And we are just going to discuss everything and anything that's going on in this world of hockey. But first of all, let's talk about the NHL. So we just came out of the All-Star Weekend. You guys watch? Yes, yes, I did. Definitely did, Nick. Of course. How could you not watch? You know, to be honest, first of all, to start off, I wasn't all for watching the All-Star game. I didn't understand the excitement for it anymore after last year my excitement for it kind of died down you know I wasn't really feeling it anymore and then I watched it this year I was like all right it wasn't terrible you know so they changed everything in the skills competition so you have the uh, so on Saturday they had the skills competition and that was different because they kept some of the same categories but at the same time they switched a little bit well which one did you guys enjoy the most I, I enjoyed the um, the um, I think it was the puck puck control relay. Okay, that to me was um, a lot different. I think that that was the one with the um, oh, that was the shot. I'm sorry, I apologize. It was the shot accuracy. Okay, with the passing, the passing shot accuracy. The passing shot. Okay, that to me was interesting because instead of it just being the styrofoam mm-hmm. that they would shoot at, it would bust and it would be oh, it look really cool. Okay, so now it's the light. Yeah. So now it it ta- it. It takes more concentration on to do it. And, and I feel like it's yeah. just cooler. Because when, when you're shooting, that's the, you're not just shooting at one thing like, oh, I'm going to shoot for the top right corner and, and, oh, I get it automatically. It's random. Oh, yeah. So that's why I found it a little bit better. And that's why times were a little bit more, like a little longer than usual for yeah. the shooting accuracy. But uh, Brock Bosner came over with that win. Uh, Brian Boyle had it for a while. And then Brock just stepped in. He's like, ah, I got I really this. Wanted, I really wanted it. Boyle to get that. But. Uh, Jason, which one did you enjoy the most? I liked watching the save streak the most. Tell me old-fashioned, but I just I, I enjoy watching shootouts. I enjoy watching goalies making big saves. Mm-hmm. I enjoy watching uh, shooters come at them with their best moves. And Flory with four in a row, like 14 in a row, I'm sorry. Yeah. That was impressive to watch. You know, uh, Lundqvist had it for a little bit. He had a save streak about seven. And then it got shut down right away Pecorine by, by, by Pecorine, Pecorine. Who, who could have easily had the win in that save streak. But Marc-Andre Fleury just stepped in and showed why he's been so dominant with all those cups under his belt and everything and those rings on his fingers. But So we're going down the winners. Let's start off with the fastest skater. So fastest skater, Connor McDavid coming in at 13.5 seconds. The kid's just unbelievable, whatever category you put him in. 
Did, yeah. did you expect? Did you did you expect any other winner in that category? You know, at first I did. Really? Yeah. Um, we skated first. It was. Uh, oh, I don't remember who he was, but I, he he gave it? McDavid a run for his money because McDavid just beat him by a tenth of a second. I it was. I'm gonna look that up right now. Wasn't it a Tampa player? That it was. Started? It was not Braden Point. No, I thought it was Braden Point. Okay. Uh, but Connor McDavid did come away with that win. You know, I mean, the kid's just unbelievable in any category. We said like he's been dominating the league. You know, last year he was a lot more uh, dominant. I feel like this year he's kind of died down. Do you guys agree or no? I, I think he was more dominant last year. It appeared that he was more dominant last year because they had the head-to-head matchup, which I enjoyed a lot more than this matchup, where it was just like one at a time. I don't enjoy watching people skate by themselves. It's just somebody taking a lap around the rink. I like the head-to-head, but I think that he did slow down from last year, right? It was mm-hmm. like uh, 0.3 seconds slower. Oh, yeah, 3 seconds. But 3. I mean, 3. Yeah, but you don't, you don't expect anybody else mm-hmm. to beat Connor David in a skating challenge. Now, before you talk, Anthony, looking down at the list, it was Braden Point. You were correct. It was Braden Point that started out. Uh, joining them was Ricard Raquel, Josh Bailey, Noah Hannafin, Zach Wierenski, Nathan McKinnon, Jack Eichel, and then finished with Connor McDavid. Now, looking at those eight, Braden Point gave a run for his money, but I could, I thought Nathan McKinnon or Noah Hannafin could have easily taken that uh, $25,000 away from Connor McDavid. I don't think so. I think um, McDavid hasn't. As as an individual player, he hasn't. I don't think he, he missed a beat, especially in his skating. He's still an amazing skater, both at the at the skills competition and just on the ice with the Edmonton Oilers. He's just he's just been a very good skater. He can skate around people very, extremely well. And the only thing I, I agree with Jason on the fact that it wasn't as entertaining as last year, mm-hmm. only because it wasn't head to head. I feel like watching a guy run around the rink once is like okay, yeah. cool, but. If the the whole thing about speed is like, I want to see you go up against somebody. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and you know I feel like they should have made the rules, like, you go one way and that's it, but people got to choose which way they went, which I feel like could have been a slight advantage either if you're going left or right, you know, but it's all depending on what it is. So we'll, let's move on. Next we had the passing challenge, which was very different this year. Last year all they had was you started in the middle. And they had you sauce a couple pucks into a little tiny nets and stuff. That was about it. This year was a lot different. I got to say, you know, you started out on one side of the ice. You had to hit the targets when they lit up. And if you missed them, you had to keep going, which is really hard. Then you went back and you had the little, uh, I guess it was like a little rubber blocks in the middle. And they just. Like give and go, yeah. Yeah, a little, little give and go. And then once again, more passing and then shooting into the net. So the winner of that game was Alex Petrangelo. And the people going up against him, it, you know, it was very close once again. I mean, Nikita Kucherov started off and did horrible. Well, that, I think that's just that's just the sad thing about being the first guy in this new format. I think no one really knew what to expect from the light-up targets because that used to be the quickest thing that they would do in, in, that, in that category. You'd be like, okay, uh, I have five shots, one, two, three, four, five, done, and move on. Now it's taking a little bit more time because you need to be careful, like, you you don't know what's coming next, and mm. I think I feel bad for him because you know you don't want to be the first guy to do it because then everybody else is going to look after you. That's why like even the announcers said it. It's like the guys who are coming up now later in the in the in the like the guys who picked later, mm-hmm. they had a better chance because they're like, oh, I saw what he did. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that that's a really big thing, Jason. What do you think about that? I that that's what I was going to say, but Anthony took it right out of my mouth. Oh wow. So, Petrangelo came in with a win with uh, just a little under 47 seconds. 
Claude, uh, Claude Giroux at 107. We mentioned Nikita Kucherov came in dead last with a minute and 39 seconds, a full 50 seconds after Alex Petrangelo was already sitting on the bench. So we had Kucherov, Giroux, Shen, uh, Oliver ekman Larson, and Eric Stahl. Now, out of those six players besides Petrangelo, who do you think could have came away with a win if Petrangelo wasn't up for that? I'd say Stahl. Really? Yeah, I, I feel like, you know what? He was the closest to Petrangelo at to 10 seconds. Yeah, I feel like if, if Stahl just um, took, like, noticed what... If, I think if he had a little bit more time on his hands and, you know, studied it a bit more, he, he could have... He would have beat him. Jason? I would think it would be Stahl, too, because Stahl, he's one of the best defensemen in the league, in my opinion. And I think that if he had gotten the chance to... Sorry. Uh, if he had gotten the chance to, to go later on, I think he would have come away with it. Now, Eric Stahl is a center. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Wrong Stahl, buddy. Uh, uh, Two-way two way forward. No, that's what he meant to say. Yeah. Two-way forward. Yeah, that's what he meant to say. I'm sorry, my mind. <laughs> it's all right. It's all for a show. We got a little nooks and crannies to figure out and stuff. So let's move on. So one of the things you liked seeing the most, Jason, was the safe streak. I did enjoy that. I do enjoy shootouts. I do enjoy... I know that some people find it stale, but I, I, I love watching goalies just mm-hmm. show what they have. So... The five goalies that went up for that was Henrik Lundqvist, uh, Connor Helbiuk, Pekarine, Marc-Andre Fleury, and Andre Vasilevsky. So in first place was Marc-Andre Fleury. He did have the long streak of 14. Uh, two players tied for three, which was Connor Helbiuk and Andre Vasilevsky. Lundqvist came with five, and Pekarine came with 13. Fleury went after him. That's why he won. Mm-hmm. But one thing to definitely look at, one thing I noticed, I don't know if you guys saw this, but after Lundqvist came up and had five uh, save winning streak, uh, Connor Helbert came up, and there was a little percentage that came up after. He has a save percentage in the shootout of .467. And I was like, that cannot be his regular save percentage. I looked at it way too fast. I'm like, he's a great goaltender. He cannot have under a 500 save percentage. And why he was picked for the shootout challenge beats me. I, and, you know, the sad thing is Hopi's there, too. But, I mean, they had that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Hopi was there, too. Or was there reference? No, there was... That's like, just their shootout. That's just their shootout percentage, right? Yeah, that was a shootout percentage. I mean, you could have there was two people from the central, and yeah, two people from the central. Why not have two people? Oh, this is actually. Oh no, I'm reading it wrong. My bad. Lundqvist won against the central division, and so did Andre Basileski. That's what I meant to say. So you had a couple of goalies, but Mark Andre Fleury, no he, question. You know, with the Vegas Golden Knights, he did go over that injury, but lately he's been absolutely incredible for the Knights. Vintage, vintage Fleury. I mean, the Knights have just been incredible as a team. So, I, I mean, if he has yeah. a bad day, they just pick him up with on slack with goals, and mm-hmm. then they just outscore their opponent. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to discuss the Knights later. We have a lot of talk about the Knights. Oh, yeah. So, moving on, we have the puck control relay. And the winner of the puck control relay was one of my favorite players in the league right now, Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Hockey. And, you know, he came in at 24 seconds. Did you guys enjoy that at all, or was it, it was a little bit different, right? I didn't like it. You didn't like it. I liked up until the ending where I it was that that was the one where they had to put like the kind of the, like the cross the, shot, the, yeah, yeah, the three tiers. Mm-hmm. I hated that. I I was watching it. I'm just like that that killed a lot of their momentum, and that's not something you would normally see in a game. Mm-hmm. Actually, that was what surprised me. Like it's a puck control really, and everything up to that point, I was like, oh, I can see this being used in a game, but carrying the stick on your on the on the no, sorry, carrying the puck on your stick like mm-hmm. that, I and you know high and low, I I've, I that's I, that's rarely seen. I see that in trick shots, yeah, but I, I don't see that in the, in a regular NHL game. I didn't see the point of of that part of the challenge either. I mean, I would have gotten it if they had to like 
shoot the puck through it as like a, mm-hmm. a, a, a saucer pass, but to like put the puck on their stick like that, I, di- I didn't understand it. Now, the puck control relay, relay uh, excuse me, relay, that's what it's called, last year was totally different, and I enjoyed that one a lot more. It was, you had the cones, you had to go around the cones, you had the skittery, the gittery bottles and stuff. That was a lot more enjoyable. That combined um, most know? of these challenges into one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I guess they kind of want to split up a little bit, but Johnny Gaudreau, first place, won that money. You know, each winner of these challenges won $25,000, which was... Which is good for them. Yeah, it's you great. Know. They probably donated it to a charity, a charity or something. Sort. That's like nothing. These guys are making millions of dollars. Yeah. Them, so. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Uh, so you had Johnny Gaudreau. You also had Alexander Barkoff from the Florida Panthers, Eric Carlson from the Senators, John Tavares from the New York Islanders, Connor McDavid again from Edmonton, Austin Matthews uh, from Toronto, Tyler Signa from Dallas, and Patrick Kane from Chicago. So out of those eight, Besides Johnny Gaudreau, who could you see winning it besides him? Tavares. He, well, he did come in second. With He was five seconds behind. Exactly. Actually, four seconds behind. Not even, even better. No, it's a, Tavares, I was actually surprised that he didn't win that. I um, I'm I like Johnny Hockey. I really do. Um, But I, I was surprised that Tavares didn't win that. Mm. And, but, but, you know, four seconds, that's that's nothing to, to, um, to laugh at. That was close. Mm-hmm. I would have said McDavid uh, to come in second place, to come in second place behind Gaudreau there, but um, what really killed like your momentum, like if you're going, if you're just cruising through the first two stages of it, and then you get up to those three tier, whatever they're called, and then you don't get the puck on your stick as soon as you as soon as you get up to it, that's going to kill a lot of your momentum, and oh, that's yeah. what a lot of the players you you saw them putting their the, the puck on their stick with their hands, so. and then you lose the puck, and then you can't grab the puck in time. Exactly. That's, that's five seconds off the clock already. And yeah. then you, they lit up too, so it's like if you didn't get it in there in time, then it's like you're you're gearing up for the next one, and it's, it's already changing. Oh, some, yeah. some people just picked it up. I remember one guy just picked it up with his hand and threw it in. It was it was illegal, but you know what? It it yeah. was dumb. It was kind of dumb. But it didn't even matter because Johnny Gaudreau already went, and it was already past twenty five seconds. Yeah, that so is true. Got, so it didn't really matter for anything. All right, moving on to one of the favorite categories in the skills competition, the hardest shot. So we all know that it's been Zdeno Jara. No, it's Zdeno Jara. I don't know who that is. Might be his long-lost brother, evil twin. (laughs) Zdeno Chara. So he's always been the king of the hardest shot. I believe his record is around 108, 108 miles per hour. And then it was Shea Weber who overtook that spot. But both of those players not in the skills competition this year. So we were going to have a new champion. Don't know if you're going to have a new, you know, fastest record or hardest shot. So, Alex Ovechkin coming away with the win, 101 miles per hour. The only player in that skills competition to come away with an over 100 miles per hour shot. And it, it wasn't even on his first shot either. It was the last yep. shot of the match. So, it didn't. Re- he was already leading, and then after everybody else went their second time, it was like it didn't matter what he got. He was going to win regardless. So, going up against him, it was John Klingberg of the Stars. Uh, we had Ovechkin, P.K. Subban. Who I think could have won it. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he was going to. Uh, I, th- I thought Subban would have that. Brett Burns from San Jose and Steven Stamkos from Tampa Bay Lightning. The closest person to come to Ovechkin was PK Subban with ninety eight point seven miles per hour. I had a feeling like it was. Um, I didn't expect Ovi to win only because like I thought it was a defense. It was mm-hmm. gonna. It should have been a defenseman, I think. And the funny thing was that uh, Ovechkin's first shot was ninety eight point eight, and PK's was ninety eight point seven. So. Check PK, the radar PK, guns. PK, yeah, check the radar guns, check the film, Some, check everything. Something went wrong. Something went wrong because PK could have easily came away with that win. It's not even a competition for forwards. Forwards don't take slap shots. Mm. No, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Stamkos, I can see why Stamkos and Ovechkin were put in because they have that deadly one-timer from the side. You know, it makes sense. 
And so that wraps up the um, the skills competition. When we come back after this break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the All-Star game as a whole, three-on-three. Three. You're listening to Post on Post here on WCWPSports.org. You're listening to Post to Post on WCWPSports.org. Welcome back to Post to Post here on WCWPSports.org. My name is Nick Matina. Joined alongside me today is Anthony Cavaretta and Jason Glickman. Ryan Kraut not with us today, but he will be hopefully for the next show. You know, he is our New York Islanders quote-unquote representative. So <laughs> let's finish this all-star game uh, weekend up in, up down same thing right down in beautiful Tampa Florida now let's talk about these games right so first we have Pacific and Central who took off you know first of all I want to ask you guys this do you enjoy the three on three all star game I love it I I'm not sure how I feel about it but I I think I like it I like seeing goals scored I'm gonna let you know I don't like it eh, goals scored. <laughs> Goals scored. Yeah, have you watched, have you watched on, the older ones? Like the- my biggest thing was selecting, kind of like what the NBA is doing. You have Team Curry and you have Team LeBron, and or Team James, whatever you want to call them. Um, basketball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, this is a hockey show. Yeah. So I one of my favorite things to think about is you have Team Char and Team Alfredson. That's the one thing that I loved back in the All-Star game was having you pick a whole team, you pick at least 10 forwards, six defensemen, and three goalies, and you had them play against each other. That, and then you play for points in the um, the skills competition, and you made it actually worthwhile. People actually tried in the skills competition. But going over, so Pacific beat the Central in the first game 5-2. to two. Uh, A couple goals there by Nathan McKinnon and P.K. Subban, the whole, you, you know the drill. Uh, Atlantic defeated Metropolitan seven to four. I was Ouch. I was kind of upset with that one. Uh, Nikita Kucherov came away with a hat trick, and then to end it all out, Pacific uh, wound up winning the whole entire thing five to two. And Brock Bosner was named the MVP of the All Star game. So overall, what was your favorite game out of the three? And do you think uh, Brock Bosner should have won the MVP? Anthony, we'll start with you. Um, I enjoyed it. I am liked. I love the three on three format since they came up with it. Um, I feel like it, it gives them a lot more room to play, and especially with the passing. And that was on display in the um, Metro Atlantic game, and that was my favorite game to watch because you had you had the you had the chemistry of the Atlantic Division that was given only because you had most of the Tampa Bay Lightning on that team, <laughs> but. It overall, like the passing sequences they had, they they tricked Hopi. There was one goal in particular that they tricked Hopi. Hopi, Hopi was gone. Oh, Hopi yeah. was in the corner when they scored that goal. I think that was Kucherov's. I think that was his second goal. Yeah, right, of that. And it was just, I like that format because it, it you can show off a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, in this in the full game, you know, the old classic All Star game where it's my team against yours. You can't really show off that, and the three on three is so it's it's a lot more energetic. It gives them a lot more room to play, and it gives them a lot of room to show off. Brock Bosner, I overall think that they should change who becomes the MVP, mostly because every, every time I see the MVP, I always think back to the first year they did this three on three All Star tournament, and I think of the whole John Scott story because that was entertaining <laughs> as hell. And um, overall, I think it should be given to. Um, it should be given to the guy who overall in the enti- whoever was selected as the All-Stars, the guy who deserves it the most. Me personally, I think it should have been Brian Boyle. Based on what he's been through, and not even taking out in his personal life, 
you know, coming back after fighting off leukemia and playing with the Devils and having the season he's been having, mm-hmm. he deserved that MVP spot to me. Okay. Jason? Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> glad, glad you're paying attention I'm to kidding. the show, Jason. I'm kidding. Okay. I, I enjoyed the, the Metro versus Atlantic only because I really enjoyed the line that they had with um, Ovechkin and Crosby on them. Because there's so much ice yeah. space in three-on-three. I love the format so much because there's so many goals scored. Yeah, they said they like each other, but we all know they don't like each other. <laughs> they <laughs> play, Let's be real here. They're two of the best players in the world and next to each other on the same exact line. Um, they scored, what, two goals, three goals together? From uh, from Crosby to Ovechkin and uh, Ovechkin to Crosby, they each had one. They each had one, and yeah. I think they both had one assist to each other. Okay, yeah, that was about right. So, do you think MVP was snubbed, or do you think it deserved? Um, I I think uh, I think he deserved it. I think he put on the best performance uh, out of everybody else on the ice. Maybe maybe gave it to Flory, but he's he's he only played for half of the final game. So. I mean, they kind of did give it to the winner of the division also, and you know Brock only did. Scored two goals in the whole entire All Star game. Kucherov had himself a hat trick. You know, it, so it's back and forth. More controversy, back and forth. You know, it's not the Grammys, so <laughs> we're we're gonna push that aside. Camille Cabello is not playing. You know, uh, for the Atlantic <laughs> Division. So let's move on. All Star game, it's gone. We'll see you next year in San Jose. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was named yeah, San, I'm, San Jose. I'm ready for that. Um, I see they're sticking with the nice weather though. They went from L.A. to Tampa back to San Jose, so they're sticking with the. Really? Vacation? You want to come? Not cold. So it makes sense. Enjoy Disney World. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the East Conference. So let's start off. A lot of surprising teams and a lot of whether they're on top or on the bottom of the conference. So let's start off. Who was surprisingly hot in the first half of the season in the Metro Division? Anthony, start off with this, please. I'm going to make Jason very happy. Of uh, course you are. The Devils. Oh, you know it. <laughs> to be I when coming into this season, I thought the Devils were going to be sitting at the bottom of the division with with just like, you know, I didn't expect I didn't expect them to do anything at all. You know, they got the first pick. I thought they were going to be down there with with them um, like in the in the league with like Florida and everybody. Like I didn't expect them to to even make noise. It's, I thought they would be at least make noise in the wild card, but let alone, you know, at points stay on top of the Metro division and stay there for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, with the first overall pick in the draft, they're like, oh, we have Nigo Heischer. And I'm like, okay, cool, you're starting your rebuilding. Did not think that they would be where they are at right now. You no, know, I agree with him. You know, the Devils were definitely up there. And I'm really surprised because they said Nico Heischer, you know, they're like, oh, you know, rebuilding year and stuff. This is not a rebuilding year. This this is a push to the playoffs. They're in third place. They're, they're sitting in, yeah. a, in a playoff spot. Now, uh, continuing really quick, team in the Metro that you did not expect to be at the bottom right now. Carolina. Okay, describe. Because Carolina, th- this offseason surprised me. They went and they got a few guys. They brought a few guys back that were already working their organization, and they weren't terrible. Hmm. You know, they were in the lower side of the division, but it's the Metro division. It's the most stacked division in all of the NHL. So you expect that. Surprisingly to me, I thought they would at least be in contingency with like the Rangers and the Islanders for the wild card position. They, I believe, they still are. They're, they're one there, point. They're they're one point yeah. Them. yeah, exactly. So yeah. they're not really that terrible. But I don't. I thought they would be making a little bit more noise. Okay, they're they're on a two game winning streak also. So it, keep that in mind. Keep that. If you want to get really technical, everybody in the Metro is technically in a playoff spot right now. It's just a yeah. question of two or three wins. And that's what's crazy about the Metro. You just go down the whole entire division and starting off at the top, you have Washington with. 
Where's the point? 63. Pittsburgh has 59. Jersey has 58. And you just skip to the wild card. Columbus has 58, along with Philly, who has 56. Rangers have 55. Islanders have 55. Carolina has 54. So, really, everyone's about two or three points out of third place. There's nine points separating the first place from the last place, and there's there's five points separating second from eighth. If the East and the West were still playing in the, in the, the classic version of how they would do the playoffs, every Metro team would probably make it. Yeah, actually, yeah, that makes a really good point. Now, Jason, let's switch over to you. We all know the team that you know you saw. Besides the Devils, let's put it as that. <laughs> what, what was the team that you saw that had a outstanding first half of the season in the Metro? Mm-hmm. I, I would have to say the Flyers. I didn't expect them to keep up with uh, everybody else in the division. Mm-hmm. You stole the answer from my that ten-game losing streak. Yeah, that that's big and they, too. They did bounce back. From yeah, that. yeah. So did the so did the Rangers. They started out not winning a game and like they're what are we like seven games in a row, seven eight yeah, games. Yeah, they had, they and then down. they came back and now every single team in the Metro has basically the same amount of wins. Now the one team that you uh, not did not expect to be so low in the Metro, I would yes. have to say the Islanders. Uh, I didn't expect their defense to be so bad. Um, that's really their biggest problem because Halak comes up big sometimes, but since they have no defense, uh, they give up a lot of goals sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now, if Kraut was here, he would disagree with you. but Extremely. We'll move on from that for now. And then if I had to say one myself, I would agree with you with the Flyers. I believe the Flyers did come off that huge 10-game losing streak and totally changed them around. Flyers right now should be at the bottom of the league, and they're second in the wild-card spot, sitting comfortably with 56 points and, you know, Actually, now I just saw that they brought their goal differential back down to zero. So they uh, after that ten game losing streak, they had to be so negative, and they brought it all the way back, and now we're sitting at completely neutral in goal differential, which is incredible. And for the team that shocked me the most, I'm going to say Columbus, because Columbus, you know, they're sitting first in the wild card spot right now. That's great, but really, they kind of upset me with Bobrovsky and all that gunpower that they have and Tortorella you know coaching this team now for the past two years I've been outstanding seasons the past two years and they're only sitting in first place in a wild card spot I feel like they could be so much better they could they, be up well, there with Washington the, well here's the thing they were mm-hmm. for a while and I think um that's just right now I think that's just kind of the fatigue that everybody's getting for the first half of the season and you know everybody had their bye weeks mm-hmm. everybody had the all-star break I think Columbus can, is still going to make a lot more noise in the second half oh yeah you know Columbus I'm I'm surprised to hear that you think that they're surprising. I, this is to me is normal Columbus. This is nothing new to me. They've been up there after last year when they you know sadly were knocked out in the first round. I'm like they're probably going to be more hungry now. Yeah, Jason, any uh, thoughts on that? Um, I I think the Blue Jackets are right where they're supposed to be. Um, this is usually where they tend to be. They tend to be uh middle of the division. They don't. They're not usually a big contender at the top, and they're not usually so bad that they're tanking at the bottom. Mm-hmm. They're usually right in the middle around the the Rangers and the Islanders. Uh, I always expect to see the Blue Jackets where they are right now. And the Blue Jackets last year did finish in third in the Metro Division behind the Capitals and the Penguins. Rangers finished in first. Now, wildcard spot Toronto finished behind them. So now let's move to the Atlantic Division. So the Atlantic Division has been pretty dominant, if you could say you know, one team over the top. And we all know who that is. It's, it's been completely polarized. It's, it's been Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa Bay has been absolutely dominating their division and the league. You know that's my. Uh, top team right now and surprisingly hot in the first, you know, because Tampa, you know, they added a lot of new players into this uh, team, you know, and of course, former Ranger Dan Girardi and stuff. Huge, everyone thought, yeah, huge get for them. you know, everyone was like, okay, see you later, Dan Girardi, have a good time. But, you know, he's playing pretty well for Tampa. And if I had to pick a team that was 
very surprising that they're at the bottom. Man, Montreal. Oh Montreal my. is terrible right now. <clears throat> you know, it's not the injury to Carey Price. It's the team in general. Because Carey Price is not playing his best hockey either. And, you know, he didn't make it to the All-Star game. And No, wait. he did. He did. He was in the All-Star game. Carey Price was selected. He was selected? Yes, I believe so. I believe he was. I think he was, yeah. Because I was, I was about to say, was there a Montreal Canadian that was selected for the All Star Game? It was Carey Price. Had to, first of all, there had to be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know there. I know there had to be, but it just I don't remember seeing him. Uh, that's so he, weird. He didn't make a lot of noise. He didn't do anything in the save in the the save thing in the in the skills mm-hmm. competition. But I agree with you. Yeah, Montreal. I mean, Montreal currently sits four games under five hundred, and they have an away record of eight fourteen and one. So. So just something, so something's not there. You know, I'll switch on to you guys now. Um, me personally, I agree with you on Montreal, but the other team that surprised me, Ottawa. I was just looking at that because Ottawa, they were one goal away from playing Nashville and probably changing that whole series. And it just, it they just shocked me. I thought they would come out, come out smoking. And also with the Duchesne trade in the middle of the season, I mm-hmm. thought they would have gotten a little bit better. But no, they're just they're sitting there right under Montreal too. Yeah. All right, Jason. Um, you said the Lightning were at the top. They they got to watch their backs right now because the the Bruins have been surprisingly hot. They yeah. just lost their yes. first game in regulation. They didn't get a point. I think it was, was it last night. They didn't get a point for the first yeah, time. Yeah, they lost to Anaheim 3-1. Yeah, th- that was the first time they haven't gotten a point since I think it was December 14th. Oh, wow. Oof. Every game since then, they got at least one point. Yeah, they jumped up to the standings quickly. They're, they're only yeah. five points behind the Lightning. The Lightning have to – the Lightning are 5-5-0 five, five in their last ten games. They really have to step it up if they if they want to stay ahead of the Bruins. And, and they lost to Winnipeg last night, who's been a dominant team in the West that no one's really seen coming. And, Jason, so other side of the spectrum now, who surprised you at the bottom? Oh, the, the Canadians, easily. Mm-hmm. I think that Montreal, with if you have Carey Price as your goalie, I think that you should be a lot higher than that. Yeah, but Carey Price is not producing at all. He's having his worst season in years, I believe. And... I just want to check his statistics really quick because I don't feel like any player is really producing. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead it to the loss of PK Subban. Really? Because I was I was gonna say that PK Subban was the you know the glue that kept the Montreal Canadiens together, and they lost him. And look where they are right now. They're at the bottom of the standings. You know, Weber Weber as well. I don't think he has been producing Weber, that much as I mean, he either. No, he wasn't. He wasn't an All Star for the first yeah. time in how many years? A uh, yeah. uh, few years. And PK Subban. Is I believe so much better of a player than and then Shea look, Weber. Then you look at Nashville. Yeah, then you look at Nashville, and, so and then look at Nash- Nashville. Carey Price, uh, starting goalie, and behind him is Anthony Niemi. So Carey Price is currently 14, 18, and four, and he has a goals allowed average of three and a save percentage of nine oh five, and that I, that has to be statistically one of his worst seasons so far. You know, looking at his stats from the past few years. Uh, let's see. Last season, he finished with a 2.23 and a 9.23 save percentage. So he's really down there right now. And leading the way for Max is Max Pacioretty for the Canadians, which is usual. Jonathan Drouin's behind him. But that's going to wrap up the Eastern Conference look for the first half of this season. When we come back after this break, we'll take a look at the West. You're listening to Post to Post here on WCWPSports.org. You're listening to Post to Post here on WCWPSports.org. Hey, that was your old goal song. Is, okay. is it still? No, they had to change it because the, uh, the the guy who uh, produced it, uh, 
he had a sexual assault case against him, so they, they wanted to clean their hands off of that. Okay, good. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, uh, let's move on to the West. Thank you for that little news story, uh, Jason. Nugget. So, little nugget. Welcome back to Post to Post here on WCWPSports.org. I'm Nick Matina. I'm joined alongside Jason Glickman and Anthony Cavaretta. And this is our first show. So welcome to First Post to Post. We're going to be here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 unless something happens. Next Wednesday we're not on. <laughs> there you go. Next Wednesday we will not be on. We will on the week after. But make sure to tune in next Wednesday for a basketball broadcast. And uh, I'll be there calling some basketball alongside Matt Weinstein. So make sure you tune into that. That game starts at 5, women's first. Um, so let's bring it back to hockey now. Let's look at the West Coast. So the West has been a little shaky back and forth and you know up and down. But actually, let's start with some breaking news out of the West Coast. So Mike Fisher, part of the 2016-2017 Western Conference Champs Nashville Predator team, retired. Uh, halfway through, and now is coming back out of retirement. Now, he's 37 years old. He's played 17 seasons. He said he's going to finish the rest of this season with the Predators because he said he has some quote-unquote unfinished business. What do you guys think about this? I think that just means I want the cup. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, he, you know, Western Conference Finals, and they lose in, I think it was Game 6? What was that? What was that the series? Stanley Cup final. Stanley Cup final was what game? Was it was it a six game it was series? Game, yeah, it was, it was game six, and they lost at home. Yeah, they lost at home off that really bad bounce to Patrick Hornquist right mm. off his butt in the net. Yep, that's, so bad. So, uh, Jason, how do you feel about uh, this, all this? I think that's going to give the Predators a little bit of a. Bo- I don't know how how good he's going to be. He's been sitting doing nothing for the past nine months, mm-hmm. uh, as far as we know. As far as we know, yes. Um, I think maybe he should have just waited. Till the Olympics and then played for the U.S. team, but mm. uh, I think that the Predators are going to get a little energy boost with him, uh, a little bit of nostalgia, I believe, with their fans. Mm. Uh, it was only a season ago that they made it all the way to the Cup, so maybe this will help them edge out Vegas if it comes to that. It could. Now, looking at uh, NHL.com, the article here uh, by Nikos Nika, you look at and Mike Fisher said that after he was retired, he was done, and then the other day. First time he skated uh, since his retirement was on Wednesday, and he joked around with the press. He said that he was out of breath and stuff and everything. But it seems like Mike Fisher's back in the NHL once again. And now let's focus first on the Central Division, where the Nashville Predators are part of. Ups and downs, and who's hot and who's not. Anthony, go ahead. I'm going to say the first person that surprised me, Winnipeg. I did not expect them to be anywhere near the top, especially in first. Mm-hmm. They came out and they came out swinging, and they don't have a lot of like. I, I to me, they don't have a lot of huge. You know, I feel like it's more of a team effort than a single guy effort. Like mm-hmm. you don't hear about a superstar in Winnipeg. You, you don't. And to me, for them, superstar in Winnipeg, can be Patrick Line. Besides him. I mean, Patrick Laine. You Patrick got... Laine, but I feel like it's more of a team ever because he's yeah. not like in McDavid where he can carry the whole te- put the whole team on his back and you go. It's not like that. Mm. I feel like Patrick Laine, he's got good pieces in Winnipeg, and they're start- and they're finally starting to click. That's why I'm, I'm just shocked that they're up there. And for the losers, Chicago. That's an easy one. Oh, my God. Come on. Yeah. Chicago currently 24-19-7. How yeah. do you do that? How do you? 
And How do you fall from grace so fast? Look at Colorado, too. Colorado fell also. Colorado is currently second in the Central. Well, after last season, anything is better than what Colorado was putting on last season. Uh, yeah, I guess, anything. I guess so. Uh, a little fun fact here. We got the, the Blackhawks in last place with 55 points in that Central Division. The Panthers are in fourth place in the, in the Atlantic Division with 46 points. So if every single team in the Central Division was in the Atlantic Division, they would all be above the fourth-place team. Patrick Kane just hit 50 points the other night, and behind him is Nick Smoltz and Alex DeBrinkett, not Jonathan Tays, who sits at fourth with 32. So that's exactly where you're losing also. And Brandon Saad, that was a terrible trade in my part for Chicago. Brandon Saad for Artemi Panarin. Panarin has been just outstanding for Columbus. They easily lost that trade. Yeah. Easily. Uh, Jason, your two teams. Uh, exactly the same as Anthony's. The Jets, uh, again, it's a whole team effort that nobody would have seen coming. They have surprising chemistry when they work together. And the Blackhawks, what what happened? Like, they brought the band back together, and it didn't work. Yeah. They brought that 2014-2015 Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, everybody was like, again, they're, they're, three, they're three points behind the Avalanche, so... They're three points behind the Avalanche. They're four behind the Wild. They're five behind the Stars, and then they're they're ten behind the Blues, who are in third place. So. But the fact that you're saying that you're saying you're saying that they're they're three points behind Colorado. Colorado. You're, yeah. Come on. That's that's how you know that. It's that's bad. how you know we have a problem. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I'm gonna match you guys with Winnipeg for the team that's been outstanding so far. You know, just looking at them, thirty goal differential. They're eighteen three and one at home. That's how? <laughs> Unheard of. Unheard of. They just beat Tampa Bay, who is also at the top of the league. Next game against Vegas. So that's going to be a game to watch. Definitely going to look at that one. That's on tomorrow. Um, but for the team that has not impressed me so far, I got even though they're up there, I'm going to say Nashville. Uh, actually, I'm going to switch my answer a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to say Winnipeg for the top. I'm going to say Nashville for the top. And for the person that's at the bottom, that's going to go through my head really quick. I think about that. But Nashville, I'm going to say because, to be completely honest, a team that does not make uh, win the cup after they make it to the finals after does not usually do well the season after. And Nashville is currently sitting second in the division. And, you know, you look at the year before and Pittsburgh and San Jose. San Jose is also up there also, but, you know, last year they weren't as hot. I have to disagree with you on that, okay. Nick, because, you know, when you say a team that goes into a deep playoff run usually doesn't do well, I'm going to case in point, and you should know this, the 2015 New York Rangers, mm-hmm. they went to the Stanley Cup final and lost in mm. five games to L.A. Oh, that was terrible. Very terrible. Well, for we can all agree, hey, we don't like listen, L.A. You, well, got, you, you, lost, you lost L.A, LA too. too. We so lost L.A, too. Right. Kings too. We, we had a terrible here, sense. Punk. But they came back and they won the President's Trophy the next season. They did get knocked out in the Easter Conference no. final that Didn't season. Didn't we win the President's Trophy the year we went to the final? No. We lost it the year after. We won, the, we won the President's Trophy the year after. You can fact check me on I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to fact check I'm, you right I now. I believe I'm right on that. So to hear you say that for Nashville it's unheard of for a team to be good, I don't see that. That's why I didn't put Nashville surprising me. I feel like they they should they deserve to be right up there with Winnipeg. I gotta say I think the Rangers were an outlier because if you, if you look at the past Stanley Cup losers, I mean I know that my Devils uh, we lost the to the Kings in 2012 yep. and we have been terrible ever since. 
I mean, we did lose Kovalchuk, and we but did the lose Parise, Rangers have but... been up and down. I feel like that was also the second season where Vigneault came in to be, mm-hmm. and that helped us a lot. And we're not talking about the history mm-hmm. of the Rangers. That's that's another day. But no, I've th- that's why I'm disagreeing with you in Nashville because it. I do believe they deserve to be in at least second place, if not. You know, up there with Winnipeg. You are wrong, by the way. I am. <laughs> Ra- I am. Oof. The Rangers won the President's Trophy in 2014 and 2015 when they went to the Stanley Cup Final, and then the year after they finished third in the Metro. Oh. No. So, I ha! Fact check, you're wrong. So, take that. That is why you The power of the internet. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm going right now. And for the team that's at the bottom... Uh, you know, it, it's so tough because the Central is one of the worst divisions in the whole entire league. And, you know, I think you got to put one more team in there. Maybe hint, hint, Seattle. Um, <laughs> hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, in a little bit. But I guess Minnesota's just been an overall disappointment in the Central Division because I feel like they could be so much. They could be a Stanley Cup contender, but they just choose not to. I don't um, think so. I, I mean, it could be injuries. And it could be just the wrong people. First, I think they should finally get rid of Miko Koivu. Miko Koivu has been on the team for too long. Um, that's my first thing. Zach Parise either needs to, you know, stop getting injured or be dealt. I don't think he's going to win a Stanley Cup in Minnesota anytime soon. Hey, trade that trade deadline's coming up. Yeah, there you go. You got a lot of trade deadline talk. We'll talk about it later. Oh yeah. Um, now let's move it to the Pacific Division, guys. It's going to be a really, really short and sweet answer I could tell from everybody. So Anthony, let's start with you. Team that's on top. Vegas, baby. Yeah. It, it's it's probably, I think we can all agree here, Vegas somehow, some way, is the hottest story in all of hockey right now. And, and on top right now, with that win last night um, against, uh, why am I drawing a blank? They played Calgary. So they played Calgary last night in a divisional matchup. And with that win, number What three, a win, by the way. Did you see the ending of the I game? Didn't, I missed, oh I missed that God. game. Oh, my God. Um, so with with that win number thirty three, that ties them for the record of amount of wins a first year team has ever had. And we're only halfway through. And we're only halfway through. I so, believe it puts them over in the most amount of points that uh, an expansion team has won. Yeah, they already hit seventy. Yeah, that's the gap between Vegas and San Jose is eleven points. How? That's How? bigger than the gap How? in the Metro yeah. between first and last. All right. So, what's your team that you are disappointed with? I think we're, we could be on the, all, the same page of this, but I think Edmonton. Yeah. I have a different team, but go ahead. Why? You know what? This team, they they made it. I think they made it to the Western Conference Final this past season. They lost to Nashville. They lost, no, they lost to San- Oh, no, they uh, lost to Anaheim, I believe. Correct? One or the other. Fact check. Fact check. <laughs> give, give me a second. Um, one or the other, but they've been doing well. And, you know, with Connor McDavid, it's they, they've seemed to click. And, to, and, you know, people were looking at this team like, this could be the next great Oilers dynasty, and to to look at where they are now, it's it's very upsetting, you know. Not even as an Edmonton fan, like this team, you know. Uh, I think I believe Cam Talbot came out and said we we can still make the playoffs. I don't want to believe you on that because it just it, it it's upsetting me that the fact that you guys were so good and yet you've fallen this far. And Talbot's injured too. Exactly. Yeah, which is not helping them whatsoever. Uh, Jason, let's switch to you. Obviously, Vegas. How does that? How do you? How does that happen? Like a team comes into the league, and then I'm just happy that we actually got to see an expansion team in our lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> because, oh, we'll, we'll be getting a few oh, more. Trust I, me. I know we'll get a few more, but you know, I don't. I mean, Winnipeg does count as an expansion team because they did switch them over from um, Atlanta Thrashers, which 
we all know that team didn't work out that well. Oh boy. Mm. Uh, let's not talk about that right now. That's that's for ten years ago. But uh, yeah, you're right. Edmonton did lose to the Ducks in mm. a. Uh, I don't know the series. I don't believe me, it was an overtime game. Seven. It was tied at two. Then it was up three. I believe it was a six game. Oh no, it was a seven game. Seven game. A seven game series. Yep. Mm. Um, and then Nashville wound up winning the Blues four two in that series. Uh, Jason. So what's the team that you were disappointed with? Uh, one second. Still with the Knights. It just. <laughs> it, it's is it a coincidence that a team from Vegas continuously proves Vegas wrong? But listen, as far as betting goes, <laughs> yeah, go probability. I gotta say though, you know, as much as you are winning in Vegas, there always comes a side where there's a drop, and you'll lose. So I'm very curious to see if Vegas can pull this off. I was see. Here's the thing. I was gonna say that the drop was gonna come when Flurry went down, yet somehow, some way, they kept going. Mm-hmm. They went. How many goals did they go through at a point? They went through like four, four guys. Four, yeah. They were on their four, fourth string. They were on their fourth string, and they were still producing. I don't know. All right, Jason. And obviously, the big story with them is how they just cannot beat the Islanders. They can beat every team, just not the Islanders. Yeah, they lost their first uh, season series to the Islanders, which is not the way I want to see beat, it. Yet they beat Tampa Bay twice. Yeah. All right. What's the team that you are disappointed with? I, I have to go with Anthony on this one. It's got. It's got to be Edmonton. How can a team that has a player as good as uh, Connor McDavid, how do they tank as badly as the Oilers did? I think that at the trade deadline, they maybe sell. Look, Connor McDavid? Yeah, look to oh get, boy. look to rebuild. What? I, oh my! Are you get what, rid of Connor McDavid? I, I think that they should be selling. What? They should be. Yeah. Wait, do you mean selling? Or you mean just getting rid of Connor McDavid? Getting. I think that Connor McDavid doesn't belong in Edmonton. What are you on? He's not turning. Oh my! All right, all right. Hold oh on. My hold, God. hold on. I thought this break was going to end in like a couple minutes. This is not ending. Well, so how about we stop and just come back with no, that? No, 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 no. What? Just don't do a break. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Um, what? <laughs> you know, there's. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm. You cannot compare Connor McDavid to a Nail Yakupov. Look at Nail Yakupov. Nail Yakupov, first overall pick, right? And he, I think he's on a third team now. I think mm. he's with St. Louis, if I'm correct. No, he's with Colorado. Oh, no, yeah. No, yes. Yeah, he's, he's with Colorado, Colorado right, right now. now. No. <laughs> Just straight up, no. I, I, I you see do where you're not sell from. a franchise player. I see where you're coming Jason. from, but what else do the Oilers have to work with? Do you remember the last time they did something like this? Oh, it did Oilers? not end. Yeah, no. The last time they traded their biggest player ever, they did get a King's Ransom for him. But you know what? Honestly, I, I think they could do that. I think they could just They get... just came out of a rebuilding. I don't... Why do no, that they're, again? No, they're still rebuilding. Exactly. Why they're still re- restart? They, they don't have to rebuild around McDavid. I they, think that they're in the future, there will be more options coming up. They will, burn down, they will wow. burn down no. that arena, sir. I, no, I don't man. think the fan base <laughs> would support that. I think I would be the only person that would enjoy seeing no, that. No, you're the only person in the world of, the world of hockey so you're that telling me, that'll work. You're telling me they get over to Connor McDavid, 54 points on the season right now. He's got 15 goals and 39 assists. You're telling me that they get rid of McDavid. First of all, I'm going to ask you in a second another question. But you say they're going to re- rebuild around Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Milan Lucic, and Ryan Strom. And Darnell Nurse. What is... <laughs> I think you got to dig deep. I think, I think that if they sold McDavid, first. they could get... Who, all- who could they get for McDavid? Any, really, anybody. Who couldn't they get who, for McDavid? But, but who? I, I who think would you trade for? You could probably give him to the Blackhawks. They're they're in really desperate need. Are you kidding me? They're not <laughs> that far out of a playoff position. The team that just came off a dynasty four years? Start another one. With what? One player? 
Yes. Make him play so all with positions? Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and Connor McDavid. Wouldn't you love to see that? <laughs> Who would you get in return? <laughs> no. He's not uh, answering that. Oh, dude. No, because no, because here's the thing: if you trade for McDavid, you're losing Kane. You're losing a you're lot losing of players. You're losing Kane. So that dream line that you just said I would said, never happen. If if you're Chicago and you, ch- <laughs> I still can't get over what you're saying right now. But if you're Chicago and you trade for Edmonton, I'm saying this trade is lining up as Connor McDavid straight up, right? For, I would say, Patrick Kane and Corey Crawford. I I think if I had told you that the Avalanche would trade Matt Duchesne in a three-way trade, would you have believed me at the start of the season? Yes. What was it again? I'm sorry. If I had told you that Matt Duchesne would be trading, would be getting traded by the Avalanche at the beginning of the season, would you have believed me? Yes. I believe you. That was, that du- was set in stone du- in the offseason, dude. Matt Duchesne needed to get himself out of uh, du- uh, Colorado. Colorado, yeah. All right, we're going to skip a little ahead. We're going to take a quick break. I'll throw my answers in there when we get back. You're listening to WCWPSports.org. It's Post to Post. You're listening to Post to Post on WCWPSports.org. And welcome back to the first ever show, maybe last now, but (laughs) first ever show of Post to Post here on WCWPSports.org. I'm Nick Matina, and joining alongside me is Anthony Cavaretta and Jason Glickman. Now, we were just talking about our little West Coast, you know, how who's hot, who's not. We were finishing up with the the Pacific Division. Excuse me. Um, I wanted to give my little insight in really quick. So for Pacific, of course, the Vegas Golden Knights are incredible team right now. I want to see if they can keep pushing. They're at it right now. I think they can make a playoff run. Don't know how deep they can make a playoff run. You know, um, on the other side of the spectrum, though, I gotta say. That I'm very disappointed. Get ready for it. Very disappointed with the Calgary Flames. Um, because. Mm. Okay, okay. Continue. Yeah. Continue. Uh, I'm very disappointed with the Calgary Flames because, you know, I'll say this now. If I wasn't a Ranger fan, I would be a Calgary Flames fan. Really? Just because the way it was, I I like the young atmosphere in Calgary, and they have a lot to work with, and you know. They're currently sitting three spots underneath the wild card spot. They're only a point out of the, the wild card spot, really. But I feel like Calgary can be a real big contender. They lost, I believe, in the first round uh, last playoffs. And I believe they lost to Anaheim. I believe so. I think that's I think that's right. Um, that's but, all I got to say, though, for Switch That. Now, one thing we saw also in the Central for uh, Colorado is we were just talking about Colorado because, I mean, Jason made a – Heck of a prediction. No, we're not going to talk, we're not about, gonna talk that about that again. anymore. <laughs> um, Colorado, Nathan McKinnon out day to day with an upper body injury. Uh, I don't think it's that substantial to where they are right now. If it's day to day, he'll be back soon enough. Uh, that's about it. So, in the final five minutes of this show, because man, time flies, uh, let's talk about the games happening tonight. All right, start off 7 30. We have the New York Islanders and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, Start out with predictions of this game as it is in Toronto. Anthony, you want to start? Um, I think it should go either way, but right now I think Toronto. Okay. I think that they're coming off the All Star break and they need they know what they need to do mm-hmm. to keep that spot in first place. And I think the Islanders they can they it's a it's a good opportunity for them to play hard against them. It's not a team that you can just gain a win. I think it should be good and also, you know, 
come the playoffs, say the Islanders do make it, you probably will see them. Okay. So, Jason? I'm not expecting anything big from the Islanders. They're they're coming off a, a four to one embarrassing loss against Florida. Uh, I don't think that they'll be able that they're going to be able to bounce back tonight. However, um, they do have a knack for beating good teams and losing to terrible teams. So the Maple Leafs are obviously above average, as they are in the top three uh, dominating teams in the Atlantic Division. So I, I think we're looking at a game that's going to end in maybe overtime. Maybe it'll be like three two Toronto. 3-2 Islanders. Okay. It's, it's going to be a coin flip at the end of the day. You know, reading about this game now, Nikita Zaitsev uh, returns to the lineup tonight after 17 games, after a foot injury. So that helps Toronto on the defensive side a little bit. Um, I do agree that Toronto can come away with a win. Uh, I guess I could see a multiple goal uh, win. I could see at least 4-2 for yeah, Toronto. Alright, right, let's move on. We have an East Coast-West Coast matchup in San Jose and Detroit. Now, those are two teams. Detroit's been very, very struggling this whole entire year. San Jose's up there. Um, just looking at it, so the Red Wings will try to end a five-game home losing streak, and they'll host the San Jose Sharks in the Little Caesars Arena. Oh boy. But do you really think that's going to happen? Do you really think they're going to win? No. No, no. I, yeah. I think we can all agree San Jose's coming away with the win for this game tonight. Detroit has had nothing... Nothing good go for them mm. in a long time. You know, Detroit, Detroit's only two games under 500. It doesn't matter when doesn't you're in that division. That the, the East Coast is such a, a tight-knit division, too. The Atlantic isn't getting any wild-card spots, so it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't make, really it, make, make a difference as far as how close you are to 500. Mm. Uh, the, the Red Wings would have to go on a really, really big winning streak or at least point run to get into uh, – even close to the Flyers. They're 10 points behind the Flyers for the second wildcard spot. And Speaking of the Flyers, we're going to move on to the last and final game of the night. It's the Philadelphia Flyers and the Washington Capitals in this game. Two powerhouse teams in the Metro that have definitely shown themselves in the first half of the season. So this game is being played in Washington, and the Flyers are looking for their ninth win in 11 games, and they'll play the Capitals in Washington. I'm going to say Washington. Um, you know, Philly... Philly's good. This is going to be a good game no matter what. Mm-hmm. And uh, the good thing is it's two Metro teams going at it. So I do think – actually, I can see this game actually going to overtime. I feel like this is going to go to overtime or a straight up because well, um, Philadelphia is extremely hungry to get more points because the, now that they're in the wild card spot, they want to keep it. Mm-hmm. If not, go further and get you know chase um, Pittsburgh and even Washington. Um, and I feel like they can do it. The only thing is Washington right now, you know, they're coming off the All-Star break. Uh, everybody, they have had no no, no real slip-ups yet. You know, everybody's been healthy. Everybody's been good. They got they, they have Hopi and Net. They started expected. out pretty slow in the season. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But every Metro team kind of did. Uh, Columbus and New Jersey kind of got off to a really fast start. Yeah, New, New Jersey, Jersey got off to a well, speedy Jer- start. Well, New Jersey we, we expected nothing from. So that to me was even a surprise no matter what. But I feel like Washington, they haven't really missed a beat. You know, they didn't miss a beat with the bye week. They didn't miss a beat. They're probably not going to miss a beat with the all-star break. And I feel like they'll take this win tonight mm-hmm. against Philly. I, I think that I agree with what Anthony said about going to overtime. That would really go par for the course with uh, with how the Metro games have gone. When it's two Metro teams playing each other, both teams seem to always get a point. Um, if the Flyers do manage to pull this off, uh, they'll be in a three-way tie behind the Jebels and Blue Jackets. They'll all have 58 points mm-hmm. sitting in third place in that division, which uh, I'm not sure if I'd want to see that. Um I think it's really hard to call. I think the Capitals will pull this one off, though. All right. Well, so those are your predictions for the games tonight, three games tonight, all for your viewing pleasure, 7.30 and 8 o'clock. 
So this will conclude the very first episode of Post to Post. I'm Nick Matina, Jason Glickman, and Anthony Carrera. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back on in two weeks, not next week, the week after, uh, for our second episode of Post to Post. Thank you for listening, and have a good night. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.